Hello, Metro Augusta. Hello, Georgia. And hello, wherever you are. This is Janice Allen Jackson welcoming you to the August 23rd edition of Local Matters, a show designed to make you a more confident voter and a more engaged citizen. As always, today's show is brought to you as a service of my consulting firm, which is Janice Allen Jackson and Associates, where we proudly provide services to local government and nonprofit organizations. You can learn more about me and the firm by going to our website, which is JaniceAllenJackson.Weebly.com or merely Googling Janice Allen Jackson and Associates. If you have not already and you're on the Facebook platform, please follow the Local Matters Podcast of Georgia. In addition to posting links to all of our episodes, we also provide articles and other information to further you on your journey to become a more engaged citizen. Please also go to YouTube and subscribe there. We are the Local Matters Podcast of Georgia as well. Today, we complete our conversation with Dr. Linda Tucciaroni, and she's going to share with us what she believes are the key factors in ensuring that school kids succeed. And this is not to criticize, it's not to throw rocks at anyone, but we often see in public school systems where if enrollment declines, the school is closed. Mm -hmm. um, is that a problem or, sh I mean, should we think small school, do you think small schools provide better opportunities for quality education? Just, just well, what's your thought process when you see that a, a school is closed down because of low enrollment? Yeah, uh, it's sad because you are, you know, they have built the edifice for a large enrollment, right? They've staffed for a large enrollment. So I don't listen as someone who pays attention to the numbers all the time. Uh, I understand the struggle, but it, my thought has been, we need schools within schools, um, a smaller uh, group of, so, you know, can there be a K to two school and then a three to five school, they can be in the same building, right? But their oversight is closer in so that they're not too far removed. So they have that handle on what's going on for this child. What are we, what are, how do we help? Um, I, I, I think a big rethink has to be done on on how schools work and operate because, and, and I'm not throwing stones at Richmond County. I don't mean that, I think that's in general. Um, and uh, on how we do it. Children are, and you know, I'm gonna get to your questions for which I was, cause I have, I have thoughts on that. Uh, and maybe that, maybe it needs to work. Wait till till we get to those questions. Series. 
about who's failing who here. Are kids failing schools? Are schools failing kids? Both, neither, uh, etc. Um, please go ahead. I know you have a thousand thoughts around those questions. Sure. So please Great. go right ahead. So, you know, when I thought about those questions, because of course you had sent them to me in an email, uh, was mulling them over and uh, and then I was in my kitchen and where I'm talking to you right now. And I glanced at this painting that my daughter gave me for Christmas many years ago. And I'm wondering if I can, does that we help at all? It. We can see, see it. it. Yes. Okay, do you see that painting? Yes, yes, we so, can. Uh, uh, let me hold this just right there. This is a painting by Leonard Jones. Are you familiar with him? I am not. Leonard, Le Leonard Jones is from Lincolnton, Georgia. Uh, he is uh, considered a folk or primitive artist. And uh, in that, what that means is his themes are mostly folk art genre and primitive only because he is not a trained artist. Um, many of his paintings are on discarded materials. So the painting you're looking at right there is on she a tin roof, a piece of a tin roof. He also paints on scrap boards, et cetera. He sometimes doesn't even use a paintbrush. He'll use a stick of wood. Um, Mr. Jones has become nationally known. Uh, President Bush has a painting of his. They hang in galleries all throughout the nation. And this subject matter has led me to the answer to your two questions. If you can notice, it's a family, a, pa a dad and a mom, and they're facing away from the artist. And then there are two children. The mom and dad uh, have hats on and they're headed toward a little country church. Can you see that? Okay. That's, that's the subject matter of the painting. And so now I'll just uh, ease my uh, arm and ease it down. So Janice, what I think about your two questions is we're asking the wrong question. And that is, um, I repeat them, are schools failing children or are children failing schools? And I think we all have failed the children. Society has failed the children. I, um, and what, and what do I mean by that? So um, I have two warts. I have one, a wart on my finger and I have another wart above my elbow and I pick at them and I scratch at them and I remove the bump from my finger or my skin and I, it smooths it out. But lo and behold, there it is again. <laughs> There's the ward again, both of them, they're back. Because I've never gotten to the root, the core of the ward, right? So we're looking, you know, we, we look at disruptive students in, 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 in schools or we fail, children failing to meet standards or you know, we're upset with what a school is doing, but we're not really looking at the core issues that are causing these things. And that is um, the breakdown of the family and um, 
the ever-increasing distance from the moral center that is provided by faith. I uh, referenced two books in my talking. I just want to hold them up. Are they backwards? Can people really see them? No, I can see an agency. I, I see agency. This is the book Agency. The author is Ian Rowe. And Ian is a very experienced and uh, a very well-known and uh, famous educator. And the other one is a book um, by uh, a woman who is a psychologist, and that is uh, Alana Horwitz. And her word is God grades and graduation. Um, for Ian Rowe, what he says is that um, the data is out there for children growing up, regardless of socioeconomic status, children growing up in a two-parent home fare better in school, in society, in their careers, etc. Horwitz's work comes from um, her surveys and her research and finds that children who grow up in families with what she labels religious restraints. Now that's not handcuffs. <laughs> what she's talking mm -hmm. about is the, the guardrails, the boundaries that are provided for children because of the religious faith practiced in the home. And that children growing up in such families get more post-secondary education than children without them. So these are the core values that the core things, this is at the root of the problem. And when I say we've failed, you know, schools, we, schools are asked to solve the problems related to the breakup of the family. Think about that. They're asked to be the solution to everything and then we tie their hands. We don't equip them to be able to do it. Um, and of course, you know, with the Supreme Court decision about removing prayer and religion from schools, all of that, uh, that no longer is available to them. The other thing that Ian Rowe points out in his book, Agency, is that, um, you know, he, he has this diagram where the child is at the center and there are circles emanating from that. The, the first circle is the circle of the family support. The second circle is the circle of the neighborhood support. And in that are things like not only literally your neighborhood, but your schools, your the, the nonprofit agencies that are in that neighborhood to help, the uh, after school programs, all of these things that children, that's broken down. I don't know about Janice, I'm 70 years old and I grew up in Brooklyn. And um, my, uh, neighborhood, my neighbor was as likely to smack me across the head for misbehaving as my mother. And if they went and told my mother, I'd get it twice. There was a 
was everybody in the community religious? No, but they all operated by this common code and I'm calling it the 10 commandments, right? There was this common code of conduct and everybody adhered to it. And if they didn't, if they weren't parading it out there for everybody to see, it was hidden, right? And they helped protect the children in that neighborhood from such things. We've taken, that's all, where's that gone? Where's that gone? I think about all of society used to work at protecting children. Do you remember when on TV, uh, adult theme program didn't come on till after nine o'clock? If it came on at all. If it came on at all, right? Because children were watching. I don't know about you, Janice, but um, I recall the adults that I was surrounded by, they'd often say, what? Not in front of the kids. Not in front of the kids. All the time. All the time, right? There there was a clear distinction that people had in their brains that there were certain things that kids heard and saw and certain things that they did not. Yes. Likewise, same for older people. There were some things that um, a younger person would never do in front of an older person out of respect. But all of those boundaries have evaporated. Right. And so why? Because we, not just the school, not the society has caused them to be broken down. So we allow children to witness things that they can't handle. They cannot handle these themes. They're not equipped to do it. If I might, I know I I talk a lot. I want to repeat a little story. Uh, Are you familiar with Corrie ten Boom and the hiding place? Uh, It's the story, Corrie ten Boom's family hid the Jews during World War II. They hid Jewish families in, and this was in the Netherlands. And um, they finally too were captured and put into uh, internment camps. But she tells the story of her father and she and her father are going on a train on a trip. And she, as a young girl, wants to ask her dad about sex. She's just a little child. Mm -hmm. And her father says this, Corey, would you go get my suitcase and carry it for me onto the train? So she goes and she cannot pick it up. It's too heavy. And she says, Papa, why? Why do you ask me to go get your suitcase? I can't do that. He said, the same thing is true of what you are asking me. You must allow me to carry that until you are strong enough to carry it yourself. But we give children all sorts of things to carry, don't we? It's terrible. And, and, that's why I say I'm, I'm not laying the blame at the foot of the school. And what, what are we to expect of children if we throw these things their way? 
we are no longer asking the question, what is best for children? What is best for children? And listening to those people who are wise and, and know these things. So um, without being disrespectful <laughs> to your question, I think the question that the, the answer is we're all responsible. And, and and that is perfectly within bounds. I, I frame the question that way just because a lot of times that's how it gets asked. It's like these schools are yeah. failing for kids. Yeah. Um, yes. um, we but, all are. But it's so much more complicated than that. Oh, yes, yes, ma'am. And and we, you know, we're looking, you know, when you go to a doctor, um, I have a, a dear colleague who is right now going through stage four cancer that has gone everywhere. But when she first went and had no symptoms, but now has tons of symptoms, the doctor diagnosed her. But if, if he did nothing to look at the root cause of what had happened, do you see what I'm saying? Why it happened? To get to eliminating it, then all we're doing is whacking a mole. You know that game, whack a mole. It's gonna come up again because we're not, and, and this picture, this beautiful painting says to me, here's the root, family and faith, family and faith. I love what Ian Rowe talks about. He says he has a four point, point plan for all children to overcome the victimhood narrative and discover their pathway to power. And it's called FREE, stands for family, religion, education, and entrepreneurship. And he's not by that entrepreneurship, he's not advocating that everybody start a business. No, he's saying that every he's advocating for everybody to do something of value. Of value. And you know what? Somebody who works as an employee takes home a paycheck, they're building a family of value. Right? They're they're imparting value into their family. So anyway, that's that's my that's what and I that, think. So that kind of ties back to Heritage Academy. What are we doing? Well, we're trying to build up the family because we're giving a parent, we're giving a parent um, choice, right? We're giving a parent choice in the matter, but we're also developing the child's faith. And hopefully the parents as well. Now you don't have to be a Christian to come to Heritage. We have parents who are not, but we make it pretty clear what we're gonna be teaching your kid. And if you're in agreement with that, then we can, we can uh, have a partnership. Uh, we have programs for families. We have um, seminars that help them with the most challenging issues that are out there for parents. We have provided, uh, through through the people who support the school, we've provided parents with connections uh, to help them uh, possibly through legal matters or family matters or, or other things. So, yes. And of course, we're doing the E part as well, education. So family, religion, education. You're supporting the whole person and the whole family. That's yes, the key. Yes, ma'am. We're, we're, we're attempting to. It's not easy, but we're attempting. I know it's not. And you're basing that on what I'm taking from this conversation is the F words. 
faith and family. Yes, ma'am. Okay. As you say, we have all failed, and I certainly do not agree with that, do not disagree with that. Um, society has made some twists and turns in my lifetime. I'm about 10 years younger than you are, um, but I've seen those same changes take place. Um, as we think about that, if we had any crystal ball, and I'm saying we, because it's not just you, because we're coming from the same place. Um what could we be doing? Is it something related to policy making? Um, is it something related to what our religious institutions, our houses of worship should do? Uh, what could we be doing to place well, that emphasis yeah. on the F words, faith and family, so that we are not as broken as we are, see ourselves today? Yeah. Um, so uh, I look at a program called Release Time. Are you familiar with that? So release time, there's a law on the books. And believe me, I, I'm well aware of this because when I was growing up in Brooklyn and going to Catholic churches, we got release time education was a legal arrangement that um, where public school children went to their local church and got religious training, what they called religious training. It's absolutely legal. Do you know that's legal in the state of Georgia? And so we have a, a, um, a nonprofit organization here in Augusta that's doing an awesome job of providing release time education. Parents are not coerced. They sign a document. Children are released for a period of time each day. They're escorted to a local church where they are taught God's word. And it's transformational. Janice, teachers and parents and, and even principals are reporting changes in children. You see, because what does, what does that do? It provides you with the guardrails for life, doesn't it? This is the way, walk ye in it. It tell, helps children know that they're loved and their purpose in life. And you can't take that away. So... Um, these are people of faith everywhere throughout this city, finding opportunities to share that with children. It's making a difference in the school. It's making a difference in the family. Um, so, uh, and then, you know, I can't predict what will happen in the United States. Um, things, I mean, it, they're, they're going to come to a head. I hope that they will look to the people of faith to help them. You know, I think about in the 90s, late 90s, was it? When the Soviet Union collapsed. Do you know who they looked to, to rebuild their educational system? They looked to the mission group, missionary groups that were working inside Russia to help them do that. So, um, wouldn't that be awesome? I don't know. I'm no prophet, but I want to be ready. I want, I, because Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not you forbid them for if such is the kingdom of God. I, I think children are everything. We need to be, you know, unfortunately too often churches focus on the adults. Well, you know, they're cooked. 
<laughs> it's it's the children that are not cooked yet. And that's where our hope is. We should, I, I don't want to be wringing our hands over children. I want to be, full. and that's the thing about Heritage Academy. You come in the door and it's a pretty hope-filled place. Children are happy and they are learning. And in fact, some parents will, uh, some visitors will say, wow, it's awfully quiet. I said, yeah, there's no chaos. There's no chaos. Every minute of the day is intentional. Which is also decidedly different from other schools I've walked in. I've walked yes, in a few Yes, but, like, but oh. again, again, I don't want to, you know, they're inheriting stuff mm -hmm. they, they that they have no control over and neither are they equipped to be able to handle it. And so um, anyway, that's what I think. I hope people will buy these books. I, I'm not their I'm not their publisher nor their promoter, but there's a lot of good stuff in both books. And of um, course, also Leonard Jones's artwork can be seen here in Augusta and elsewhere. Thank you for that. We have just a couple more minutes left. Is there anything else that you want to share with our local matters listeners? You know, um, I. I, while I wasn't born in Augusta, this is my home. I feel very deeply about where I live and the people that live here. I tell folks, and I'm sure you have, I said, I'm loyal to Richmond County. I have the ability to move anywhere, but I'm not. I'm staying here because this is where the action is. And I don't mean cultural or entertainment, but this is where God's going to be at work because there's a lot of children here who uh, are his children and they need help. Thank you so much for your willingness to assist uh, people in our community. I am from Augusta and likewise intend to stay here for similar reasons. Um, I just, I know that there's work to be done and I know that God has equipped me and others that I know to yes, do some of that work. Um, and, you know, one of the reasons I created Local Matters was because there's just information people need to have and there's dialogue that needs to take place. So we're yes. placing that, that dialogue to, to occur. Um, <clears throat> but also there's just so many other ways that, that we can make an impact on the quality of life. And you have refocused us on the notion of the F words, family and faith. Um, yes. And being, in your opinion, the only ways to make a, a true and deep difference yes. in the lives of the youngest and most vulnerable uh, in our community. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you so much for starting Heritage Academy. Thank you so much for your vision, your work, your obedience to God's calling uh, to do that. And uh, welcome to the Local Matters family. Thank you so much. What a great opportunity you've given me. I'm humbled. Thank you. Again, Local Matters family, that was Dr. Linda Tucciaroni, co-founder of Heritage Academy. Um, if you missed the first episode, I invite you to go to the YouTube channel of the Local Matters podcast of Georgia. 
there. There is one video that contains everything from both episodes. Uh, please do listen and share if you uh, really want to get an understanding of uh, what can be done to save our children, quite frankly. Um, again, thanks so much for being a part of the Local Matters family. Please join us next week. Our guest will be someone who is from all the way from Phoenix, Arizona, but is joining us with some great ideas about how local governments can work together to improve the quality of services delivered. I close with my favorite Bible verse, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This show is designed to contribute to each of those, giving you the power that comes with knowledge, demonstrating love for your local community, and offering you wisdom for decision making so that you possess a sound mind when it comes to these topics. Please tune in next Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. or Thursday at 7 p.m. here on 103.7 FM or 1600 AM. Or please go to SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts at any time because local matters.